Well, hello, everybody. Choo-choo. All aboard the, the, the podcast train. Pulling out of the station. Calling at fun, uh, chat, and banter. I'm your conductor, uh, Ollie Munster. And uh, with me is my co-pilot. They have those on trains? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's the fun boys. It's me and Lawrence. Lawrence is here. What's up, yo? Yo, what's up? Party time. Yeah, a little bit it's, of urban flavour there. It's uh, um, post-birthday weekend. So, <laughs> oh yeah, finally, <laughs> just just about recovered, are we? Yeah, yeah, from doing nothing. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's Junior Funners. Uh, it's it's the podcast about Arsenal. And we're back, and we're doing it again, and uh, getting a bit fed up of uh, apologising for the gap in between episodes each time we do it. So we'll just blow past it. Um, although I think f- since the last time we recorded, we've had a, a, a couple of new prime ministers and a new monarch, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the world is is very different now. It's like it's like they say in every single trailer: the world's changing. And then it goes, exactly. yeah. Every movie. In these unpredictable times. I one day in the future they'll be saying the vibes have shifted. The, vi- <laughs> the vibe shift has occurred. We're in a maximalist vibe shift and shake up. Yeah. That's right. We're in a, a major disruption to the vibe sphere. Low key the vibes have changed, fam, not gonna yeah. lie. The vibe space is being disrupted. Uh, by us, uh, that's it. Yeah, we're we're the ones here to to kill your vibe. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about Arsenal and that just just at the right time, striking while the iron's hot, just as the uh, season stops for six weeks. Yep, uh, <laughs> and the World Cup starts. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll start with uh, our first segment, Arsenal news. Uh, yeah, a fair bit to talk about, but I mean, the main thing is that it's good now. We're top of the league. It's top low- of the league at Christmas. It, it's lonely at the top. That's great to see. Mm. It's it's, uh, it's weird because uh, got nothing to complain about yet again. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the point of having a podcast yeah. if you can't complain? It's been really bad for Arsenal fan podcasts all over because we've got nothing to whine about. We can't get the viewing ratings up or anything. It's just, ah, man. Yeah. uh, This is really awkward. uh, Yeah. I mean, we lost to PSV. That wasn't too good. But then, I mean, we still ended up top of the group. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we got it. We, 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 we should have trusted the process. I mean, yeah. you know, we were very vocal <laughs> on here about uh, our doubts over Arteta, maybe a, a year or a year plus ago. Even when he was first appointed, we were we were quite skeptical. Yeah. But he's really um, he's really done something here. He's really pulled something. He's he's got everybody on the same page finally. Egg, egg is certainly on my face. Uh, just been mm. having some humble pie. Just, uh, just, just yeah. Now. I'm, 
I've got a mouthful of crow mm. here um, okay. and, and hat. I'm eating my hat. And eating my words a lot with a side of yeah. my words. With a side of my words. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it's one of those occasions where you're happy to be proven wrong, I yeah. guess. You know, it, it's we, the club's stuck by him. Um, he's made some really, really good signings after a kind of wobbly period. I think where the, the signings we were making weren't particularly good. Um, yeah. I think once kind of Edu took over from that other guy that left, what's his name? Solnenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenenen
they couldn't really keep that up for the whole 90 minutes. And by the time we sort of, you know, got to the, the second half, um, you know, we, we, yeah, we, 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 we got the job done. Um, I think maybe our flow was also a little bit disrupted by, uh, Xhaka going off so early, which again, you know, we've got to eat our words on that. He's somehow become <laughs> like one of our best players now. Yeah. The, uh, well, I was trying to, uh, you can't really fit it in the, uh, the, the Jack. I was trying to make it work into Shawshank, the, uh, the Jacques uh, Shank. The Shawshank. The Jacques Shank Redemption. redemption. <laughs> the, yeah, the Shawshank Redemption. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, except it, it, except it's us. It's, it's the fans who have crawled through a tunnel of piss and shit. <laughs> Uh, for the last for the last five seasons, uh, only to get out to the, like you know the the glorious uh, fresh air of freedom that is uh, yeah that Xhaka is now not fucking things up and it like yeah. it, either that or either that or this is going to be like his longest streak without fucking it up and then he's going to just like fuck up on a scale we never thought possible previously you know like he's going to like kill someone on the pitch somehow you know what i mean like it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fuck up that is just sort of like beyond anything anyone could have ever predicted for him but i don't know i the, it, it it seems less and less likely that that's gonna happen well i think uh finally as i said previous that uh i tell suddenly realized that he wasn't a uh defensive midfielder that he was actually like a, a attacking mid sort of getting in the yeah. box and just Lashing it into the net. That's what he seems to be really, really good at. And um Yeah. Or picking yeah, picking a final ball. Like, you know, he's he's making some really just, good like through balls or crosses uh to set we, people up as well now. Yeah, that it, I mean you're right. The the ha- taking the responsibility away from him of having to uh defend uh yeah. was really a genius move by Arteta. Yeah. Um you know, he tried him when he would in build up, he would move into like the the back line, so like a free. Mm. But then that game against Burnley, I think we all learned, yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah. Tried him at left back, and then I think it was a game against is it Everton? Was it where he was like sort of caught out, or is it Newcastle? I can't remember I which can't one. Remember. But um, yeah, he was, was Newcastle. He was, I mean, that Newcastle game was terrible, but yeah, he was caught out at sort of left back. So we suddenly realised after all this time that he was his. The, the, the position he used to play when he was younger, before I think he before he was at, at Gladbach, I think it, um, yeah, he was like more of an attack-minded player, and all of a sudden we've suddenly realised after his time that that's what oh that's what he's supposed to be oh yeah it's like he's kind of uh, it's, it's it's he's sort of doing the shit that I think we thought Özil was gonna do yeah. you know what I mean like he's sort of making those runs and those passes and taking on those shots uh, that we kind of thought Ozil was going to do week in, week out. And now suddenly we've got, we got him to, and, and Erdegaard as well. Yeah. Like the way that, uh, the way that Erdegaard is able to just sort of move with the ball and like, right. It, when you think he's been tackled and he's lost the ball, he'll still somehow emerge with the ball. Like it, it's some kind of wizardry, but it's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. So I like the, uh, it's basically taking that, um, the style that Liverpool and City have been doing, which is just the high intensity pressing and yeah, just getting mm. get just getting all your what 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 I call it, I think um 
Pep style, which is more positional play where... Uh, Oppa Pep style, yes. Yeah, uh, it's more like wherever the ball is, you have to position yourself accordingly. It's not like mm. or the usual kind of just get forward, hoof it long. It's more just... Yeah. Where if the ball's in a certain area, it's this shape. And then when the ball's with Saka, Ben White, then you make a run overlap. And that's always been, you, know, you see little patterns of yeah. play that uh, partnerships that are starting to emerge. And if, all, all, all we really need, if there's one complaint, is just Gabriel Jesus, just to get a couple of goals, because it's been a couple few games now, he hasn't got anything. So. I feel, yeah, I feel bad for him, because it's like like the role he plays in the team uh, is is so much more than just the goals. But obviously, when he first came to the team and at the start of the season he was you know he was he was scoring a lot of goals everybody else is just going to expect him to be that you know he's they're expecting him to be like the main the main 20 goal a season striker now which he, i mean he, you know he could he, he may well end up being but like it, yeah he he does so much work off the ball yeah. uh in terms of like bringing other players in and like into the into the the move and stuff like you know, even like while he hasn't been scoring, he's been getting yeah. a shitload of assists. You know, he's more like um, uh, Firmino at Liverpool. He's kind of more than that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot like the yeah, like because again, like everybody sort of. I feel like yeah, Firmino gets a bit of a hard time from uh, like uh, you know dullards yeah. uh, on like football Twitter and stuff because he doesn't score as many goals. But it's like his role became very once like. Um, once Mane, Salah, and I think like you know like Jota started like scoring millions of goals for Liverpool over the last couple of seasons, Firmino didn't need to be like the main kind of striker for them. I think his role was kind of a bit different, and it was more kind of off the ball, bringing those other players into the game for them. And it's a similar thing with with Jesus at the moment. But yeah, it, I, I do feel bad for him because it's just he. Every match, you can see he's desperate. He's doing everything he can to to to, like, to to score a goal, but it's just constantly like, you know, he hit the bar, or he hit the post, or you know, it'll be cleared off the line by somebody, or it'll turn out he's fractionally offside or whatever. It, yeah. So when he does get amongst the goals again, I feel like you know he's gonna it's, he's gonna be very prolific. But I mean, I'm still I'm still happy with the way he's performing, um, even if he isn't getting the as many goals as he was at the start of the season. I was worried that the uh, wheels were going to start coming off because a couple of weeks ago we had that draw with Southampton, which I got a bit annoyed about, and then losing yeah. to PSV, which and it was in Europa League and we didn't need to win it, but it was just that, that period I felt like, oh God, is this going to be it? And then we have to play Chelsea and then, oh, oh, oh no. I, I was worried it was yeah. going to be Nottingham Forest because, you know, coming from that win against Liverpool, I thought, oh no, it's going to be Nottingham Forest. I got to come and yeah. do another one on us again. It's like, but luckily that was just a nice five nil fresh five nil. <laughs> yeah. Beat, beat them out. And the a way. great, uh, great return to the team for Reese Nelson as well, yeah. which was nice to see. That's Cause good. he's another one of them. Uh, another one of them hail end boys yeah. came through the Academy and he's sort of, I feel a bit for him cause he's had to sort of see like younger players kind of go past him and make their way into the team on a regular basis, you know? Cause I think he's like, I think he's older than like Saka and Smith Rowe and that, but yeah, he's still kind of been sent out on loan and whatever. But Arteta seems very uh, determined to where where there's been other players that have been sort of allowed to leave the club, like you know you think like uh, Maitland Niles and Joe Willock, players like that. Um, Arteta seems to have been very determined to hang on to to Reese Nelson. So 
hopefully he is able to, you know, in the in the second half of the season when we uh if we are if we are actually going to mount a serious title challenge, that's when kind of the the rest of the squad will need to sort of step up, you know, we'll need to show that we've yeah. got the depth of, uh, of of the team to be able to do it. Um, hopefully, he'll get more opportunity to to do that. I mean, he's been you know he's been used a bit in the Europa League, but yeah, he had a, obviously he had a, he had a great match that day. So that was uh, that was nice to see him back. Yeah, as I was thinking, like maybe maybe uh, being a sort of like like he's doing with Enketia at times, where he sometimes plays him wide, sometimes you play him centrally, and he sort of yeah. mix in between. Maybe that's where because he's because he can finish. And I was thinking maybe Arteta sees yeah. him as another potential option in the sort of dual because that's what you see with um, Gabriel Jesus and Martinelli is kind of the interchange, or sometimes Martinelli will uh, be playing more central in like in a two alongside Gabriel. Yeah. So it's all it's all over the place, you know. We've got this it's this weird um, hybrid mixed rotation rotating formations. So everyone's moving in and mm. out. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. A hybrid it's great. theory, yeah. if you will. Yeah, we're always saying that, aren't we? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a that's it's, an old classic for junior funners at this point. It's uh, it's it's great to see. It's like this complete different from like a you know even like a year ago when I remember that game. I think it was Villa where we were just sort of playing sort of triangle passes out in the wide areas and not really putting a cross in. Mm. No, no, there's no one in the box or ever. And then it was just yeah. either Lacazette was just too slow or couldn't finish, and then Aubameyang. We all know about Aubameyang. Just yeah. well, it's good yeah, to see it, him. It's good to see him. Uh, the uh, the redemption arc of Aubameyang. Uh, He's got unfinished business. Yeah, famously, so, presumably. I, I yeah. I thought it was. I thought no. Was, I've been reliably informed by all of the articles that were written uh, about him. Is that yeah? He's got unfinished business. Yeah. Um. Not sure when he's going to get around to finishing it. Presumably yeah. that'll be after the World Cup now. But uh, yeah, not not yet seeing many signs that he has uh, begun to finish his unfinished business in the Premiership. Um, so yeah, but that's pretty funny that you know he came back to work with Thomas Tuchel, who then got immediately fired. That was a great. Um, so whoever does those um, those art Photoshop things where they. Um they had a uh, Tuchel meeting Aubameyang at the at the airport, like they were going to stand and embrace each other with their arms out like this. Like, I, sh- do you remember? I, sh- I think I showed you that. It was found. It- I found it on Instagram. That I can't remember the. Uh, the I don't uh, remember the, that. I mean, that sounds truly pathetic. It's one of those yeah. um, f- football accounts on. Like, they get yeah. loads of engagement, but they're like they just make these terrible, like. I know they're shops. always fuck they, ugly, they, they and terrible. it's just like yeah. But they're people hilarious. Are like, oh my god, this is epic. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was great, and it's great to see um, Chelsea have come back down with a big thud. Sort of. I mean, it, it's they spent so much money, man. Like they, it, it, but they don't they don't look like a team that spent a quarter of a billion pounds. You know, like it, it's it's wild. But yeah. Um, we should probably yeah talk a little bit more about Arsenal just before we get into uh, you know trash talking everyone else yeah. just because it's been a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you mean about the the sort of the I, I do get I get a little bit frustrated with sort of the inter the interchanging between um, Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel Martinelli because it often ends up with 
Jesus putting in like a really good cross and it's like he's the one that's supposed to be on the end of mm. it. You see it sometimes with uh, Spurs where it's like Harry Kane will put in like a really great pass and it's like, yeah, but you're the one that's supposed to be on the end of that. Like you let someone else do that and then you're the one that finishes it off. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. They'll they'll figure it out. And it is, it is, it's nice that there is end product now. Like we yeah, because for so long we were just constantly uh passing from like like playing the ball out wide to one of the wings and then maybe like switching the play to the other wing and then just sort of doing these triangles out wide that ended up with like a very clearly telegraphed cross to nobody. There just wouldn't be anybody in the box and it'd just be incredibly easy to defend against. And there was just no plan B other than that. It would just be like, we'd, we'd end up with like 65% possession at the end of the match, but we'd still be losing. Like, you know what I mean? Like we'd, we'd have yeah. like maybe two shots on target through the whole match because we were just fucking faffing about on the wings with no end product. Yeah. But, um, that's the thing that like everyone's chipping in with goals. Like it's like more of a, yeah. even so there's it probably won't be, that's the problem when people's talking about, um, golden boots and all that. Yeah. I, I doubt an Arsenal player's going to necessarily have a golden boot. I don't know, but, um, it feels like yeah. it's going to be much more of a distribution across the front, at least five or so, five or maybe even, um, yeah. Sort of like party I, we had, I mean, we had, but everyone's we had, yeah, we had a couple of teams. We had a couple of teams like that under Wenger, where it was like there was there was goals throughout the whole squad, and there wasn't necessarily like one guy getting all of the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 like, yeah, it does. It does feel like it, yeah, we'll probably we'll have like probably four or five players that get into like double figures for goals for the season. But I don't know that they'll be necessary. And like I said, unless Jesus really kind of goes up a notch. Um, and starts banging yeah. them in at like a you know a, a sort of Haaland esque rate. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there'll be necessarily one Arsenal player that's that's uh, contending for the golden boot, but we're scoring loads of goals regardless. Like like you said, everybody's chipping in, um, and everybody's everybody's on about five or six goals uh, each at the moment across that kind of front four or five that we've got. So compared to last year, I think it was. Saka and Smith Rowe. It was like if if neither of those two scored, it was like we weren't going to score. It's like yeah, but now it's all different. But it's a shame we haven't. Yeah, you know, Emma Smith Rowe's not been able to get involved in a lot of because of injury and everything. It's a shame, but um, yeah, I mean, it is. On the other hand, it is wild to think that it, you know we've still got him to come back. Yeah, you know, like we're doing this well, and he's yeah he's been out injured for pretty much all of this this first half of the season. I think he's scheduled to come back after the World Cup because he had to have. Didn't he have to have an operation because he had like this persistent uh, groin injury that I think was sort of keeping him out of the side yeah. uh, towards the end of last season. So I think he's. I believe he's had like surgery or an operation or something. Um, but yeah, they reckon he'll be back after the World Cup, and then it's like, yeah, that's like another, another, another dimension, as the Beastie Boys once said. Yeah. You know, been. Um- been quite impressed with uh, new signing Fabio Vieira. I think he's come in and you know, ducked, yeah. ducked to water, you know, so it's a good signing. <laughs> um, yeah, a really good signing. As, the thing is, I was watching Match of the Day and I always get Jonathan Pierce to commentate on Arsenal games and he's dreadful. And it's like, he says weird stuff like, so Gabriel Jesus, I remember to before one of Odegaard's goals, 
So it was, I think it was a, a Jesus, and then he does that reverse pass, and then Fabio mm. uh, Vieira takes a touch, and then um, Jonathan Pierce says, "That's a poor, that was that poor touch from Fabio Vieira," and it's like, but then it led to a goal. It led to the assist. Yeah, it's like, it just so weird. Why are you? <laughs> yeah, he he seems to. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he. He's, <laughs> He seems to sort of just be uh, commentating on football matches because I don't think he knows what else to do at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think he doesn't, he never seems particularly interested or animated. Like, you remember, like, when he used to be on Robot Wars, he'd be like <laughs> screaming, his screeching. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like screeching and like pissing his pants. And it's just like, I don't, I don't hear that guy anymore when, uh, when he's commentating on a, on a match, you know? It's, yeah. yeah. It's what I, thought, I always thought he used to do uh, West Ham games because I, from what I know, he's a West Ham supporter. So I won't just do the West Ham games. I don't know. I suppose, no, just do do like fan zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah West Ham TV. I don't know. Do they even have a? I, I assume they do. Oh um, yeah, everybody probably does. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. But yeah, he's yeah yeah Jonathan Pierce. I think is probably I he he. Sounds like a guy that's maybe just sort of ticking the days off to retirement, uh, like he, he sort of in the same way that like Mark Lawrenson used to just sort of uh, towards the end of his uh, pundit punditing career, seem to just openly hate football, yeah, in in all forms. Uh, just yeah, I think it, yeah that that might be where uh, where where Pierce is at now. But yeah, so overall, it's been pretty pretty fun. It's weird. It is. It, it, it's. It's. It's always dangerous as an Arsenal fan to invoke the Invincibles era, but I can't. I. That's the only precedent I can think of for like how well we're playing at the moment in terms of like, uh, how well we're defending, how good we are at like winning the ball back when we lose it, like the 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 overall press in our game. Like you said, it's it's clear that it's sort of we're. Arteta's trying to do what Man City and Liverpool do, where everybody goes forward together and presses um, at once. It, 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 but I haven't, like I said, from a defensive point of view especially, I haven't seen us defend this well since the, that Invincibles era. Yeah. I just, um, you know, I always worry because Gabriel Mag- Magalayas has, you know, mm. he sometimes, you know, has had his few moments, but he um, luckily he comes back and makes some sort of redemption it, during the game. So it's like, yeah, he usually does. And it, it's, I, I think it, yeah, but he, he, again, he's still really young, isn't he? Yeah. Like for a, especially for a defender. But, um, um, I feel like he's getting that because those mistakes are kind of getting less and less frequent. I feel like, like in the last couple of seasons, it would sort of, he'd make a bit of a boo-boo um, kind of, Especially if it was a, especially if it was a big match, you know, I yeah. feel like maybe the nerves would get to him. He'd get inside his head a little bit. Um, that part of his game seems to be shrinking, uh, thankfully. Uh, I so I think, yeah, I think it's just it's 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 experience, isn't it? I think you know he's he's sort of he's 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 learning with each match. He's forming a really solid partnership with William Saliba, um, who again, you know. He's capable of making the odd mistake, but again, he's still only what twenty, twenty-one. Um, you know, I think it, it, because he's so 
nothing seems to uh, phase him or <laughs> he never seems to be under any pressure. So I think it can come across as maybe he's a little casual in his play. Like even in the, the Wolves match, he played a really dodgy back pass to, uh, to Ramsdale yeah. that could have led to, uh, to a, like a Wolves goal. But um, again, I think he's just, this is his first full season playing in the Premier League. You know, he's, he's sort of learning as he goes and getting better with each game. And yeah, the, the kind of the partnership across all of the, the back four now because as we said last season, you know, if we if our first choice back four was playing, we'd be pretty good. But if any if any one of those four dropped out due to injury or whatever, we'd be fucked, you know. So but this season there seems to be a little more a little more depth, you know. We got we got choices at, you know, right back and left back. You know, we got if yeah. if Ben White's not playing, it doesn't matter. We got, you know, we got uh Tommy Yasu. If Zinchenko isn't playing, we got Kieran Tierney. Um and hell, even you know, even Cedric is sort of coming on for late in the day cameos now. Like, but a point in the game where he's not starting matches, so he's coming on late enough where he can't fuck it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. God, I remember like three or four years ago. What would our back four would have been? Socrates, yeah, Mustafi. Uh, <laughs> was it Lichsteiner for like one season? Maybe no. Yeah, I don't, he barely got a game. Got I think because it was it was it was clear very quickly with Lichsteiner that he had like no pace whatsoever. Like um, not like our defenders weren't famous for having much pace, especially Mustafi. But Christ, yeah, Lichsteiner was slow as fucking balls. But Nacho Monreal was all right. We all love Nacho. Monreal was yeah. all right. Koscielny was pretty good until he um, fell out and left. But <laughs> yeah, that was a bit disappointing. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Bellerin, Bellerin, Bellerin could have been good. Yeah, I've, I saw um, the uh, Madrid Barcelona game. He's just getting absolutely skinned by Vinicius Junior. That guy is <laughs> so fast. Like, anyway, yeah, but he's still. I mean, Bellerin's still only like twenty-seven, isn't he? Like, he's still. Yeah. It, it's wild that he he came through so young at Arsenal, and like he's still sort of like. You know he's finished at Arsenal, but he's still got like a, you know, a lot of years for a defender, especially a lot of years left. But um, yeah, he sort of showed a lot of promise very young, and then never really developed beyond that, which is something that can happen. I think also the injuries and just the fact that it kind of, kind of like with Trent at Liverpool, like you could tell teams were just exploiting because defensively he just wasn't mm. as good. Like, and physically yeah, just think, getting bullied yeah. all the time I remember I think even a game against I think it was Brighton where they kept hoofing the ball up to um, when it was Dan Bird I think when he was playing at Brighton mm. they just kept hoofing it towards him and but I think Bellerin was playing and then they had to change him for Socrates it was one of those mm. where Socrates was briefly playing it right back so it's like in order to stop Jesus. all these long balls to Dan Bird yeah. it's like my god yeah, that's been he, I, Dan Byrne. Um, obviously, he's been having a great season at Newcastle. You know, they, they've you know we talk about how good Arsenal's uh, recruitment has been, um, but like yeah, since Eddie Howe took over at Newcastle, they the sort of defensive signings he's made for them um, have been like just really really good. Um, but yeah, it, the obviously. In the build-up to a World Cup, everybody's got their opinions about who should be in the squad. Uh, and 
The one that sort of made me laugh the most that I kept seeing was people were insisting that Dan Byrne should be in this. It's like never been capped before. Um, You know, he's having, he's at the moment he's had half a good season with Newcastle and they're in the top four, but like everybody's like, he's got to be in the conversation. I don't understand why Dan, but it's just like, yeah, like calm down. If it, if it turns out that like you know it like this Newcastle team are the real deal, which it, it they may very well be. I mean, it does feel like they're good at the moment, yeah. but they're only going to get better. Um, like yeah, I'm sure there'll be a place for Dan Byrne in the England setup, but to just like pick him because he's had like what like 13, 14 good matches in the Premiership for a, in a you know in a team that's like broken into the top four for the first time in 20 years it's just i don't know it, it just seemed very funny to me like yeah just uncapped he's never played for england before but yeah fucking stick him in there why not because he's tall yeah. <laughs> well we, we like we like our six foot five center backs in britain you know yeah it's always it's always we like a big oofing giant center back he's an option he's an option yeah. he's something to aim at unless unless it's uh harry Maguire. everyone's everyone i mean but he's to you know if i dare defend Harry Maguire briefly but for England he's not he hasn't been as bad he has been as for Man United he's usually yeah fairly solid for, I th- for England I but. think yeah it, it's it, it's a weird one I think yeah if, <laughs> there's a lot of people saying that like you know uh, like Maguire Pickford Sterling shouldn't play for England because their club form hasn't been particularly good but for England they have like they've always they've always been solid like they've always they've been like among our most dependable players over the last couple of major tournaments you know yeah. especially sterling like he's sort mm. of he was like before sort of uh harry kane kind of kicked it up a notch and started getting his goals in the in the euros like the, all of our goals are coming from sterling pretty much you know he's our main he's our main goal threat outside of harry kane if you don't maybe aside from phil foden there isn't really anyone who can sort of, with his stature, sort of at that low centre of gravity, and can yeah. keep the ball, and sort of hold people off. Don't really have anyone else can do it, and um, of course, yeah, because I think he's the only real sort of player we have in that kind of role. Uh, Sterling, I mean, I as part part of me kind of feels like Grealish shouldn't have been picked, but of course he was going to go, but. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really have m- very many complaints about the England squad. It was like, yeah, it was nice to see that James Madison got picked, but um, you know, he's been yeah, doing all right with Leicester. But um, it depends I mean, on whether he'll yeah. get a game for England as well. You know, exactly. Yeah, whether he'll sort of get a chance to play ahead of any of the others that sort of already play his position. Less- we'll see, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see that as a nation, we've already decided that uh, Ivan Tony was going uh, to win us the whole competition, <laughs> yeah. and that it was a mistake uh, from Southgate not to bring him. Yeah, well, yeah, football's a fickle world. I, I do kind of feel like if I say it, my feel with Ivan Tony, I think he's a bit. He's got that cockiness about him. Maybe, maybe uh, Southgate didn't like it. Maybe he thought like it would. Uh, Sort of bring uh, bad vibes to the camp, you know. Maybe he's like, uh, he's yeah. got a bit of an attitude about him or something. And if he was, if he wasn't being maybe. picked, he might cause a stink. I don't know, but um, I don't know. Yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the other thing is that I suppose if the, if the choice came down to him or Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson has more experience. Like you know, this is only Tony's yeah. second season in the Premiership. Yeah, uh, Callum Wilson obviously you know got promoted with Bournemouth, stayed with them for five years, and before he moved to Newcastle. He has played for England a few times in the past. It, you know, he's he's more experienced at kind of the top level, even with all of his injuries. You know, when he is fit, he's proved to be a consistent goal threat at, at the at the highest level. Um, so I, I understand the logic. You know, if Callum Wilson's fit, uh, then I would say, yeah, you got to, if you're looking for, a you know, another striker that isn't Harry Kane, I would say you've got to take him. Um, Taking Tony would have maybe been a bit of a luxury. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, as a nation, we seem to have decided that um, we're now not going to win the World Cup <laughs> without him. So it's, it was nice, a nice dream while it lasted. Yeah, aside from uh, Harry Kane, who's been like, you know, in the top how many f- um, golden boot? How many times has he won a golden boot? But, um well, I mean, he's he's the current golden boot holder for the World Cup. You know, he yeah. won <laughs> he won it at the last tournament. So, you know, it is it. Yeah, it's weird to kind of be talking about like our other strike options outside of him. But you know, you never know. He does love to get injured, especially right before a major tournament. But, um, um, so we'll see. I'm, I was always thinking maybe um, Southgate's going to go for broke, like whoever he thinks this might be his last big tournament. So it's like, I'm just going to shove as many attacking players on the pitch at one time because he knows like, that would be cool if he's playing against teams that are just going to sit low and deep just like fuck it I'm yeah. just going to have like a front six like, just yeah like- yeah have like a <laughs> have like a back three with just like two wing backs that are up at all times yeah. and then that's it like no holding midfielders they're just, it's just yeah true wingers and just like you just stay mm. you pin the full back back you don't let them go forward at all it's just like yeah <laughs> And then if they get if they do try a long ball over the top, Pickford just comes to the halfway line yeah. and heads it back. Proper sweeper keeper. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, that that's never going to happen. But that'd be so nice. Although I, I, maybe there is this sort of a, a kind of glimmer of hope that maybe he's learned his lesson with the having the two holding midfielders because it I, part of it probably is down to like injuries and who was available. But in the last few kind of like you know. Nations League matches and friendlies and whatever he's he's been playing Rice and Bellingham rather than Rice and Calvin Phillips. And mm. Bellingham obviously is a much more uh, naturally attack minded player. Yeah. Um. So and he's he's looked pretty throughout because I mean some of those performances obviously been pretty dire. Um. But the one consistently good player seems to have been Jude Bellingham. Yeah. So I think maybe you know maybe we might see a bit of a shift to a more uh like just naturally attacking mindset yeah. in these, uh, these group in the group matches, especially, but I don't, you know, once it gets to the knockouts, I'm sure he'll revert back to the old conservative approach of, you know, the two, the two holding guys, but I don't know. I don't know. Like a free one, six formation. I think that, yeah, that, that would, work. <laughs> you got, yeah, that works. You got the three, three center backs, one defensive mid, and then maybe two tens, two wingers. And two strikers. Yeah, that would work. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That would work. Oh, I got one extra. No. Yeah. I think you got. Yeah, no, yeah, that would work. Yeah. And then you got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you got. 
just like a yeah, like a sort of front four, like right across the opposition penalty area, trying to stop them getting just out. Try and get a few, you know, one two passes to go third man runs. All you need to do, and then someone goes in at the far post and tap it in. Easy peasy. Yeah, I should be in the manager. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, job is for goalposts. Small boys in the park. Enduring image. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, overall, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird, man. This world cup is going to be weird. It, it's hard to get too excited think, about it. It feels like such a, <sighs> I'm going to be positive and say, I think we, we've, we can, I think we can top this group quite easily. I feel deep down. I, I don't want to be should. like delete. I don't want to be like super deluded England fan, but I do feel, I think we can win this group. I don't. I don't think the USA is that good, strong at this. This at the, well, they're going to prove me wrong, aren't they? But I don't, yeah. maybe Wales might be a bit difficult because they've got still got Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey and. Uh, and well, yeah, a lot of their squad is going to be familiar yeah. with a lot of our squad. You know, they play alongside them or against them every week. Um, I think. Yeah, I. I feel. Because Wales is our third match, isn't it, in the group? So hopefully by that point, we will have qualified already. You know, we would have won the first two matches. Um, you know, I think Iran, they'll, uh, I think they'll try their best. They'll probably play with a lot of heart and, and whatever. But I don't, I, in the end, our quality should be enough to see us through there without any problems. United States, again, similar. I think that, you know, they'll probably, They'll have a they'll have a game plan. They'll come out. They'll be very organised. Um, but I don't know that they'll be able to match our in- well. We sh- the intensity that we should be playing at. I don't think they'll be able to match that for ninety minutes. And eventually, we'll be able to break them down. Um, and I think yeah, I think Wales will probably be the toughest match of the three, and that's the third one. So we should get out of the group without too many problems. But who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, what I was getting at is that overall, the World Cup is kind of a bummer because of, you know, where it's being held, why it's being held there, the fact that, you know, it's interrupted the domestic season for everybody. Um, Yeah, it's, man, just, it's a big reminder that just uh, FIFA can go fuck themselves, basically. I do kind of, I'm not, I probably would be watching most of the games, I'd, I just, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably, other than England, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it feels like I want to watch the matches. You know, I, I want to be excited about it. It's the World Cup. Like, it, you know, it, it's a it's a treat. It only comes around every four years. It, and, uh, I, you know, you, you you can't because it's like, it's being held under the worst possible circumstances in the worst place, all because, you know, the greedy fuckers at FIFA wanted to get paid. I mean, even Seth Blatter is obviously his, you know, the the bribe money that they gave him obviously ran out because even he said that it's a mistake. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was your idea. You were the one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you were the one that could have stopped it. Like, what the fuck? Like, I... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, so a far, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Got it, it's a disgrace to what is No, but it really is though. It is. I mean it, it's it's I mean it's not just a disgrace. It's you know, it's <clears throat> insulting, it's offensive to yeah. it's just it's impractical uh on every level, you know. They've had to 
there isn't a professional football league in Qatar, so they don't have <laughs> enough stadiums. They've had to build like nine stadiums from yeah. scratch using essentially slave labor yeah. that's killed thousands of people uh, while they're you know, in the process of building these stadiums. Um, yeah, fans aren't allowed to... <laughs> Fans aren't allowed to drink. You're only allowed to drink in special designated zones, which is going to be funny to see them try and enforce that. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. And then also on top of that, you know, just the human rights stuff and the gay stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're a gay fan, uh, you you just can't go. You can't go uh, because of the laws there. Um, so sorry, but. Yeah, Set Blatter needed to buy another uh, house. Nice, a nice so. big yacht. A nice big yacht made of gold. Yeah, to be fair, his wife really wanted that yacht. So, it, it, it you know, not much he could have done about that. Sorry, sorry, uh, LGBTQ people. But, um, you know, you can watch it on the telly. It's fine. You can watch it on the telly at home. Just just shake hands. You know, just shake hands. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, but not for too long because people might think you're holding hands, and yeah. that you know they they could don't they don't want you know that none of that gay shit. Um, <laughs> did you see that video that Joe Lysett made? I have not. Yeah, he, uh, he sort because of, apparently David Beckham uh, has oh yeah accepted a a ten million pound uh, contract from Qatar to be one of their ambassadors for the World Cup. Yeah, I um, see an advert on YouTube with David Beckham like Qatar is one of the uh, Qatar know, is one of the holiday destinations. So he, so he talks <laughs> like such a dumbass. I used to like David Beckham. <laughs> I, I yeah, I liked him know. until he just went mad with his tattoos. Now I think he looks yeah. like some kind of like carnival worker, you know, with his with his beard and his slick back hair and like his just his entire neck and arms are just covered in tattoos. He, like I said, yeah, he, he he looks like he works at a carnival and like lives in a caravan. Um, but yeah, like Joe Lysett is saying that he, you know, he considers him a, it, it, in the football world, he's kind of the closest thing there is to a gay icon, you know, cause he, he yeah. was the first footballer to kind of do photo shoots and interviews yeah. with the gay magazines like Attitude. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's always been, you know, like very, uh, um, very metrosexual on the forefront of, yes, exactly. Metrosexual as in, you know. He took care of himself and like wore fashionable clothing. That's yeah. That was enough to man. The fucking the early two thousands was such a stupid fucking time. Like that. That was enough. That was enough to have to like come up with like a whole label to basically call someone gay without calling them gay. It's like <laughs> oh, oh, he's wearing he's wearing a hat and a nice shirt. It's a bit metrosexual, isn't it? It's <laughs> oh, he's wearing product in his hair. It's a bit ooh, it's a bit brilliant, isn't it? Isn't it? Um. God, yeah, but yeah, Joe Lysa sort of makes the point that yeah, he's sort of he's sort of one of the closest things that the football world has to a gay icon, um, and he says that you know you married a Spice Girl, which is one of the gayest things a human being can do. Um, but he said that, yeah, he's gonna uh, put ten grand of his own money uh, towards uh, charities that support queer people in football if David Beckham uh, like you know renounces this agreement he has with Qatar. Uh, by the start of the World Cup next Sunday, but if he doesn't do that, he's gonna film. He's gonna film himself, uh, like stream himself live, uh, just putting the ten grand into a shredder. He's just gonna destroy the ten grand of his own money 
Um, which is illegal, but he makes the point that he it's probably he'll probably get off a bit lighter than if he got caught uh, you know, whacking a guy off in Doha. So yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it, I, I I like Joe Lysett a lot. I think it, it's it's good that he's sort of uh, making making this point at this time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see that. But you know, David Beckham. Just you, you realize how what a what a. Am I allowed to say that whore? Am I allowed? To, am I getting trouble yeah. saying? <laughs> No, it, oh, because oh, yeah, you hate. I've I forgot you hate sex workers. No, uh, yeah, no, that's, our, our audience, it's part of a pattern. Our audience believes people what you're when they show about. you who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, David Beckham is he's shameless in terms of who he takes money from and who he is like an ambassador. Yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a, a bit of it's the same sort of thing with Tony Blair, isn't it? Like he just takes money from fucking anyone. Yeah. Um. He'll just yeah. He'll speak. He'll speak at any event on behalf of anybody as long as they pay him enough. Yeah. Essentially, it's just it's all, all these nineties icons who all sell out. You know, it's this. It's this disgust. This mm. disgrace. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. Every icon from every generation does that eventually. I feel like to a certain extent. But yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Beckham is just sort of like yeah. Seeing him advertise just like the stupidest crap imaginable, and just thinking like, so, surely you don't need the money. Well, he, he runs us into into Miami, so he's probably got to find cash somewhere. Uh, yeah, but like, I think isn't that there's a there's a new there's like a documentary about them now, isn't there? Into Miami, it's like because every every football team needs to have a documentary yeah. about it. Is sort of where we're at now. Oh, I did. There should be one about Paul Town. That would be. Yeah, I mean, there will be at some point. You know, especially if if somebody famous like becomes affiliated <laughs> with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there'll be like a there'll be like a you know a Wrexham style documentary about Paul Town. Because I saw a thing on the South Today about um ticket because of inflation, all the ticket prices going up, and they can't you know lower league mm. like non league teams can't even afford to. You keep the lights on at night in in the matches, and it's like it's yeah. getting pretty bad out there. I feel bad, like it's pretty it's shit like when not you supporting my local the... team. Yeah, but then it's also like I don't know. Yeah, why is that your responsibility when there's that much money at the top of the game? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, this whole idea that it's supposed to be like a like a pyramid. Oh. Uh, the, the the trickle down yeah. economics trickle of down. football. The, the, yeah, the uh, the the bullshit that trickles down my face says like, yeah, oh, yeah I, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we love the free market; it shits on us every day. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know the the all of the money that was going to be sort of uh, all the money that was sloshing around when the fucking European Super League was being talked about, you know. But there's like there's none of that for like anyone outside of that elite group, you know, like they, I guess they, I don't know. I guess they just earned that money uh, more than anyone else. You know, it feels to me like now with the super league, I always feel like it was Barcelona's idea because of their financial troubles. And, 
Yeah, they do seem to be the ones that are like most adamant about it happening still. <laughs> it's like, well, because we can't compete anymore, we better have a super league then. It's, it's yeah, like, I I'm glad that you are you are circling the drain. I'm so glad you're just living yeah. on borrowed time. Ah, it's gonna be great. They're uh, they're apparently linked with Yuri Tielemans, which uh, would be. Very disappointing yeah. if he went if he went there instead of Arsenal. I, I feel now they may not move at all. It's like I think he's too important for Leicester. I feel. Well, now that they're doing a little bit better, yeah, it might be a bit easier for them to convince him to to sign a contract. But yeah. I don't know. I'm still hoping in January we can. Well, he's still because he's he's out of contract this summer. Still, we can maybe maybe get him at a cut rate. I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping that we can still get in there and get him because I think we do we do need some uh, reinforcement I think in the midfield you know if we get a couple yeah. of injuries then we are kind of fucked yeah that's the uh, the one area of the field I do feel we still we, same for how many episodes just still need maybe one or two players but um, players that can adjust quick enough and I don't really mm. know who's out there really I mean I don't. It's not like I scout. I, I don't. I have no idea. Whoever, I'm sure, <laughs> Edu and Arteta have probably got people they've got in mind and they look at. I'm sure that. It, I think yeah. The 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 name I keep seeing is that uh, what's his name? Mud Mudrake Mud yeah. Mud Mudrake Mudkip. He's that Shaktar from, yeah. from Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one target. And there was another one. I think another Brazilian. I can't remember the name. A Brazilian? Another one. You wouldn't believe. I don't, what? But I don't think this one's called Gabriel, so... Uh, oh, uh, It can't be that me. good. So, um, yeah, there's a... I can't remember the name, but... We'll see who uh, who uh, who they got in mind. It, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, two, uh, two out of the three uh, Gabriels did get into the Brazil squad, didn't they? Yeah. So, Jesus and Martinelli are going. Um, Gabriel, the defender, I think. I don't know. It seems weird. I don't know why you wouldn't take. But then I don't know. I, I well, don't really know. We've had, I guess, Ida Midatau at um, Real Madrid. I guess. Did he go? I I haven't even checked the Brazil's. Probably. I haven't checked any other national team squad. I just know England. And <laughs> um, I don't care for Brazil. Fuck Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck, fuck Neymar, and fuck yeah, Neymar. Uh, yeah. Say what, say what you want about Neymar, you know, as as a guy, you know, maybe, maybe he's a horrible, nasty little piece of shit, but he's got great politics, you know. Politically, he's very sound. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Pretty um... <laughs> just the yeah, big big endorser of uh, Bolsonaro, who uh, just ate shit at the the last election there. I don't know, which is very funny. Whether it's true, but um, apparently Mbappe wanted Neymar out at PSG. Like apparently there was like a rift between them, and like because now that Mbappe, wow, like, those those two <laughs> yeah, guys falling out with each other, two huh. the highest paid footballers. Like um, yeah. Mbappe is, is literally he actually owns PSG more or less. He's like yeah, the two guy. biggest egos in world football not getting along with each other. Damn, I'm not sure I can picture it. <laughs> and he was just like, apparently those are rumors, but. That would have been like, who, who would have had Neymar? I mean, he's just a, he's like for me, it's like it's like when Hulk Hogan uh, went to like TNA at an age at a time when like mm. he's completely irrelevant. No one wanted him. It's just like, 
just a waste of money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Hollywood Hogan. And he's like, anyway. Well, but it was, um, uh, overall, uh, it's been a pretty good season. Let's hope the World Cup is well. Yeah, do we, do we really? It's the thing. It's like, well, I want England to do all right, but it's still it's, this World Cup. It's like it's it's a conflict. It would, like, <laughs> it would be the most British thing imaginable to uh, win the worst World Cup in history. <laughs> What's more you British? Know, like, we, we yeah. finally win it, and it's it's the World Cup that everyone hates, and uh, nobody you know nobody has anything good to say about it. That would be that really would be the most British thing possible. Ooh, yeah, sorry, I was you on sorry. Sorry, we're boring you. No, it's just keep keeping you up, are it's we? It's this light bulb. It's making me yawn. Anyway, um, okay, not going to press on that at all. Um. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, like I said, it, it, it. I feel. I feel like I've been robbed by FIFA. You know, it, it's a World Cup. It should be a treat. It should be, you know, it, it should be a fun time. But yeah, and it should be in the fucking summer as well. You know, like we we just had an incredible summer. Well, we had a a, a lethally incredible summer. It was too hot. It was, yeah, well, you know, we had multiple heat waves. Can but we, that that would have been the time. It should be a summer World Cup and a winter World Cup, like the Olympics. I, no, maybe not. Um, yeah, maybe I think that would probably suck ass as well. But yeah, I, it just yeah, I, FIFA really, really fucked everyone yeah. on this, and they've yeah they've made their bed now that we they've made their bed now. Everyone else has got a lie in it, and that's what that's what sucks about it, really. Um, yeah, so. Let's just get the thing over with. Arsenal are top of the league at Christmas, which uh, which is great, and it's sort of I don't know how to feel about it because there's all these stats about like you know like the, basically every team that's been top of the league at Christmas has gone on to win the title, but also we're top at Christmas having played significantly fewer games. You know, there's like a month's worth of games that we've missed <laughs> um, because there's this this break that's happening early, uh, and then also. Like we've been top of the league at Christmas a bunch of times. At, yeah. Like you know, we're among the teams that have been top of the league at Christmas and then not gone on to win it. You know, like that is that's something that we've done quite a few times. We always uh, have a so, terrible January, February. It's always bad. For some reason, yeah, that was that. Re- that was a hallmark of kind of the the sort of post Invincibles Wenger era was that we would start really strongly. We'd be just steamrolling teams, um, you know, from like August to December. Uh, and then it would, yeah, it'd get to sort of January, February. And we'd just, uh, yeah, we'd just fall to pieces. We'd go out of every competition. You know, we'd go, we'd, we'd go out of the Champions League or, we, you know, we'd go out of the cup competitions and then sort of lose, you know, we sort of fall, we'd lose momentum in the title race. And then we'd sort of rally after it was too late. You know, by the time it got to sort of March, April, We'd find some more form and start playing well again, but by that point, it didn't matter. It was too late. We weren't going to win anything, so we'd always end the season strongly. But yeah, that sort of mid-season slump is something that uh, is, well, it was uh, an Arsenal tradition for many mm-hmm. years. So we'll see if that comes back. But I don't know. Yeah, this this World Cup break. I mean, you know, we've got we got a few players that go into the World Cup, but I think the good thing is that a lot of our players aren't going to be playing every. They're not going to be playing every game 
you know, they don't be playing every minute of every game for their countries. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of Man City's players, by comparison, you know, pretty much all of their team are going to the World Cup. And a lot of those players are going to be like, you know, starting and finishing every single game. So by the time they come back, especially if they get to the semifinals and yeah. the final, um, they're going to be pretty fucking knackered. I feel like a lot of the guys in our team aren't like the main guys for their national teams. You know, they're going to be either coming on as subs or maybe not even getting that many games at all. They're just, you know, they're there just as backups. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe our fitness levels will kind of, you know, that might not be affected too much by the time we uh, we come back from from the World Cup. Yeah, that's what that's what I want is just can you just do the bare minimum? Just try not get injured and just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, um, well, probably the Saka will probably be the most played at the tournament. I assume being a starter for England, but yeah, I don't know. And again, I don't, I'm not even sure I see him starting every match for England either. You know what I mean? Like he'll probably. You're right, he probably will play the most actual minutes out of all of the Arsenal players going to the World Cup. If Southgate plays but him I, as a wing-back, I will be... Oh, fuck that, man. I'll Jesus. be very annoyed. Do not yeah. play him at left wing-back, please. Do not play my son at left wing-back. Thank you. Yeah. But, um... Yes. Um, overall, <laughs> I don't want to say... Um, yeah. Half half term grade uh, A plus A A plus well done Artes you have certainly made us all look stupid you had a plan you've made fools of this podcast for sure sir we did not trust the plan and uh, and look at us now we feel really silly and um, yeah we didn't trust the plan but uh, now we get to reap the benefits regardless yes we're like Hurrah! we're like those parents that whenever their kid does you know becomes a you know PhD in in whatever medical field they're like there was us we did it yeah no yeah i i i told him to do that it was us it was all us you're welcome I, yeah you're welcome. No, I, I raised i raised my kid to be good at uh at at, at doctor yes uh <laughs> I, give the give the phd to me i was you know yeah yeah it's basically yeah it's it's basically mine i mean i've got the same last name yeah. So it's uh, it's almost like we we share it, you know. It's my genes. Um, yeah, it's my. So yeah, it's basically me. Just you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah we didn't have any faith in the manager, but now it's going well. Uh, we get to enjoy the fact that the club is going well, and uh, now we can now that <laughs> yeah we we sort of we do the easy part. Now we can get behind him. It's going well. Yeah. So you only sing it when you're winning. For, you know. All that. Yeah. It's just I mean, part of being a football fan. I mean, Johnny, come lately. Yeah. <laughs> of course you sing when you're winning. The fuck is that? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, the, um, don't over-celebrate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to over-celebrate. That's, uh, yeah. That's very funny because it sort of becomes like, I don't know, with each passing game, it's sort of like, because everybody's just sort of like, you know, okay, well, they're over-celebrating, they've only beat, they've only beat Wolves, you know, they've only beat Nottingham Forest, and it's like, well, that, you know, is it, is it appropriate to celebrate that much now that we've beaten, you know, Liverpool and Chelsea and Spurs? Are we allowed, are we allowed to celebrate that? Well, you did, we didn't beat, um, we didn't beat them, we didn't beat them, so. Uh... Yeah, we will, though. 
that's what's so annoying come, though. It's when like, they come to the Emirates, it's because we got we got a few big games in January. I think we because we got to play Newcastle, and I, th- I believe we've also got to play uh, Man United uh, at the Emirates. Still, let me just have a quick look at the yeah. fixtures here. Oh, we still got to play City. I mean, ah, that's what I'm. That's to what I am dreading. Yeah. Just like oh, and Newcastle as well, because I feel Newcastle will be a, a real test. That one. Um, Newcastle is, is going to be difficult. It, yes. I mean, our, our first match back is going to be because we, <laughs> luckily, we're not in the Carabao Cup. Um, yeah, we, so, we, we can ignore that. We do whatever. So what? <laughs> tradi- tradition is tradition. You know, fuck the Carabao Cup. I, I don't know. I felt we had a good chance of maybe winning it this season, but I guess I guess not. Bigger fish to fry. Try <laughs> I, I don't know that we do. I think we should hang on to whatever fish we can catch, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we're not, we're out of that. So, uh, yeah, Boxing Day, we got West Ham and we go away to Brighton, um, on New Year's Eve. Um, that should be, I don't know, West Ham going through a bit of a rough patch. Brighton are kind of, kind of all over the place. Like they're sort of, I think they're picking up more points now, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, then we got, we got Newcastle at home. We got to go away to Spurs. And then uh, we're at home to uh, Man United in mm. uh, in January. So I think because there's also there's going to be a break in January as well, isn't there? There's like yeah. a, a winter break. So yeah, that, yeah, January is going to be a a tough month, um, and it could very well be the as as we were just saying, it could very well signify the beginning of the kind of classic Gunners collapse um, or. You know, if we come through that run of matches uh, with, well, let's have a look. Yeah, so it's, yeah, three games against Newcastle Spurs and United. I mean, if we come out of that with six points, I'll be pretty happy. Mm. Oh, it feels like, that's when the fixture list starts. It starts, feels like, it feels like it's rigged. You know, we have to play like all the, all the tough teams in one go. Well, but then we played all the easy teams at the start, yeah. and then that's why we're we're in this position. Even though, I mean, you know, Gorby, what's in front of you? There's no easy games. It's always a soundbite. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in the Premiership, there's not, especially like you know, you know, our first match was against Palace, and we've been pretty crap against them in the last few seasons, especially away. Yeah. Um. So you know, and it, I, yeah. yeah. The Liverpool result was kind of like, all right, you know, we're getting somewhere now. And Chelsea, yeah. and Chelsea, the dominating performance against Chelsea was like, you know, we we stepped up. Yeah, it's cool. In in the last couple of seasons, like we've uh, started to uh, like uh, just completely whoop Chelsea every time we play them. It seems like, um, yeah, we we seem to we we seem to have a pretty good handle on Chelsea now, um, which uh, which is neat. And then uh, yeah, it's just it's. And you know we've had a couple of uh, you know good games against Liverpool. Uh, the only the only one that's left is Man City. I think you know mm. we we need to. That's sort of a, a kind of bit of hoodoo we need to overcome. Yeah. Um. Get a get a win against them, whether it's at home or away. Um. But yeah, I saw that Gary Neville. Gary Neville is still saying that uh, he's sort of trying to have his cake and eat it too. He's saying that Arsenal were the best team in the league uh, at the moment. You know, at this at this point. Uh, as the uh, as the league sort of stops for the World Cup, but he still reckons that City are going to win the title by fifteen points, uh, which seems. I mean, 
if he was just saying that City, you still reckon City are going to win the title, I'd say fair enough. But to say that, like, because that would require us to drop 20 points from where we are yeah. now, uh, at least. And, uh, I mean, we've seen Arsenal implode before, but I'd, 20 points I'd, from from November, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, uh, I don't quite see it uh, fucking up that bad for us. But, hey, who knows? Just kind of feel like we men see that like teams are starting to like figure in a way start to figure out Haaland a bit. Like they know to sort of like not be too close, just drop off a bit and just try and um because he, he likes that little bit of space to run into. So it's almost like just drop off him just a little bit, just let him be in front of you. So then you can mm. sort of time it, anticipate it a bit more. Yeah, then the only problem with that is that City have so many other players that can, like... Yeah. It's just, just, kind just of, congest know, make, that central area, just like... Exactly, yeah. They can make that run sort of just in and around the area that's being occupied by Haaland. And it's like, okay, well, if you can keep him quiet, that's great. But then also you've got fucking, you know, De Bruyne and Foden coming in from, yeah. e- you know, th- from each side. And then Gundogan likes to make that run from sort of like deep in the midfield as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, you can figure out how to play against Haaland, but you still can't figure out how to play against City, really. It just feels like that's, it feels like a word as how we'll have to play like Brentford against them, almost like just, we just have to sit so deep and then just try and pray that either Martinelli or Saka just gets the ball and just runs down the other end. It's just, yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna. I don't. Think- I mean, they can do. They they can. I mean, we've seen Martinelli, you know, go past, you know, however many, you know, top quality fullbacks and defenders before. So I mean, yeah, it could be that we just get lucky on the break. Use the, you know, use the the speed and the trickery of Martinelli or Saka and Erdegaard. I mean, that that sort of the 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 combination. Those sort of that triangle that we now have down the right hand side with uh, Ben White and. Saka and Odegaard, um, especially you see it sort of, especially in like the second half of games now as well, is really kind of uh, coming, really coming into its own. That that combo, those three guys. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Man City is going to be an entirely different test. But we we don't know, we don't know when that's going to be scheduled for yet because that was one of the ones that got bumped uh, when uh, Her Majesty the Queen, our, our uh, Queen. passed away. Uh, love the Queen, love our Queen. R.I.P. R.I.P. The Queen. Um, should we? Is that is that enough football? Uh, should we take uh, a, yeah. a break? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be uh, back in a moment with uh, more crap. See you in a minute. And we're back. Um, so, man, we've uh, yeah chatted a lot of shit already. Let's do some uh, cultural appropriation, shall we? Where we talk about things that are nice, you know, things we like. Um, so here's the intro to that now. Okay. And uh, yeah, cultural appropriation is where we talk about the things that uh, we like, that you, the listener, may also enjoy. Um, Lawrence, have you... Got anything prepared or do you want me to talk? I, I do. Uh, okay. Um, Harry Enfield 
recently came out with a because it's celebration of hundred years of the BB, of BBC One. So mm. uh, Harry Enfield did a comedy, a sort of spoof Adam Curtis kind of documentary called uh, <laughs> "The Love The Love Box in Your Living Room," which uh, I really enjoyed. Really funny. Really funny. Um, <laughs> She, that she, does sound good, and um, it's got yeah, it's got the usual Paul Whitehouse and every, everyone that he usually works with, um, and um, yeah, it's really funny, really funny. And, uh, Kathy Burke, oh no, Kathy, Kathy Burke not in it, but um, he uh, he usually yeah. has like people like he has um, I can't remember her name. I think Catherine Shepherd is one, and I can't remember the other woman who he usually has in his sketches. That he always seems to have those two, and um, he has a couple of others. Oh, he has um, Kevin Bishop as well, who, who um, oh yeah comes in. He does a few uh, parts here and there, which was weird seeing Kevin. And that guy, Kevin Bishop, is a weird guy. But uh, he was going to be huge, yeah. wasn't he? Like ten years ago, he was going to be like massive. He was going to be like the next like Sasha Baron Cohen, and then. Uh, I think did it turn out that he was kind of a prick? I think yeah, I people think, sort of stopped working with him. I remember seeing the comedy awards, and I think he, I think he threw something at someone, but they caught. Did he throw a bottle? Yeah, he, he, he threw, threw a, a bottle, bottle at someone. But they caught the bottle. But yeah, yeah. I don't know whether whether he's uh, reached some kind of zen. Maybe he's matured. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Was, yeah, you know, it was weird. Yeah, got older. Yeah, he was doing a sort of impression of a young David Attenborough, and in the in the show for um, Harry Enfield but it's pretty funny and um, record my record my personal record of the only one I've listened to <laughs> um, is by my favourite current artist going right now um, Stephen Wilkinson also known as uh, Bibio I prefer just to call him by his real name I don't, Bibio sounds a bit weird but um, his new album Bibio Bagginzo yeah it's, it's, but his, uh, his new album is called Bib ten, like instead of an hmm. I and an O, it's a one because it's his tenth his tenth record, and um, yeah, pretty love love um, song S O L. Um, it's uh, it's like dedicated to Sol Campbell, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, and um, it's like got that um, very steely steely Dan Peg do 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 sort of, but it's got funk, oh, yeah. a bit of disco, a bit of slap bass, and then there's an amazing. <laughs> Amazing guitar solo in that song. I love it. So good. And it's got every, it's got everything. He does everything I want to do as a recording artist. <laughs> he's he's so amazing, Stephen Wilkinson. He's like he's just the guy from like Wolverhampton. He's like this yeah. <laughs> very sort of he's very out he keeps way out off the uh, mainstream radar somehow, but he's he's just this guy yeah. from Wolverhampton who makes all this all this variety of music he does sort of like you know it's like nick drake meets steve reich meets sort of bossa nova meets uh i don't know boards of canada if you've heard of boards of canada meets apex mm. twin it's all this sort of weird mesh of stuff that he does and it's you know he's my my personal favorite he's a big fan so check out bib okay. 10 it's really really fun stuff steve wilkinson if you're out there come on the show please lawrence wants to marry you yeah i do <laughs> Sorry, Daisy Ridley. Oh uh, yeah, well, you know. I think she's your, <laughs> you she's, had your chance, she's, bitch. she's engaged, broke my heart. Yeah, well, you know, 
there could still be a way in there. Yeah. And you need to, you know, you're going to sow the seeds of doubt, you know. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Bib 10 and uh, the, what was it? The, the love, love box in your living room? Yeah, the love box in your living room. That does sound good. I think I might have to. Is that, I presumably that's on it's the on iPlayer. iPlayer. It's on the iPlayer. Yeah, I think I might have to watch that. Um, that's cool. Uh, yeah, anything else? Anything else to, to wreck? Um, well, I was going to jokingly, because you talked about in our football chat, listeners, uh, in our exclusive football chat, uh, you, you brought up the Padua Guinness um, football the DVD. Oh, yeah. The- <laughs> and I, I actually found it, the whole oh, thing. Man. Well, some Is of it, it on YouTube. To be fair, some of it got cut because I think because it's prim- some of it was Premier League, but yeah. a lot of non league football they stay in but a lot of the Premier League clips they had I think they had to delete but I did find so it and actually for sort the listeners, of, I kind of enjoyed it I know it's a bit sh- it's a bit shit but you know, I think Paddy McGuinness knows and he's sort of for me I feel like uh, he's just you know it's he knows he's just taking the piss it's yeah bit- <laughs> it, I mean it's it's a Paddy McGuinness is a bit of a weird one because yeah. so like, for the listeners I, I someone on Twitter posted the the trailer for uh, a, a DVD that must have come out in like the early 2000s called, what was it? It's Paddy McGuinness's All-Star Balls Up. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, where it's like, it's sort of like a, if if you've ever seen uh, Alan Partridge, you know, the, the sort of the, the crash bang wallop what a video type uh, sort of compilation uh, type deal, except it, it's a bunch of like, you know, like funny football clips interspersed with what appear to be I guess you'd call them sketches yeah. um, of Paddy McGuinness interacting with. He's got like basically all the old Liverpool footballers and yeah, all of the sort of soccer Saturday lot. Yeah. So Chris Kamara, Paul Merson, uh, Graham Taylor's in Ian there. Ian Rush is in there. Um, John yeah. Aldridge, Loro. I think Loro's in there for a, a bit. It, you know, it, a lot of sort of ex-professionals and pundits and whatever. Um, you know, just be, being funny. Just doing a few skits. Um, you know, the thing that they're all famously really good at, you know, doing scripted comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, so I, I found the trailer for that on Twitter and posted it to the, uh, the Bona League fantasy football group chat that, uh, that Lawrence and I and uh, a few of our previous guests have, on the podcast have, uh, are in. Um, and it, it's, uh, it really is sort of like, um, it's like so. It, it, it's it's like a like in Jurassic Park, you know. It, it's like a mosquito frozen in amber, you know. It, it really is just a, a pure relic of the time, you know that that era where uh, those types of DVDs existed, and it, they would especially around this time of year as it got closer to Christmas. Yeah, it's just a stocking you'd just filler. See them fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just something that you'd watch once on Christmas Day. Yeah, when half of the family are falling asleep. And then never ever watch it again. It's like those Danny um, Baker's Premier League gaffes, and he's got yeah, a picture there, of him going. Was, like- I remember when I was, yeah, Nick Hancock's footballing nightmares. Yeah. You know, uh, my friend had one. My my childhood best friend had one when we were like nine or ten years old called uh, Motty on the Mic. It was John Motson uh, doing one. And it was like, which is really weird because like we're saying, a lot of these things are hosted by comedians to kind of like, you know, 
provide a little bit of zip and personality, yeah. but this was Motti doing all this was fucking John Motson doing all the links in between the like the clips and the videos and stuff. So it was just sort of like, man, this is kind of dry and really boring because he's just sort of talking about like the history of the game and shit. And then it's just sort of like, oh, and here's some of the worst misses ever in like Steve Stone fucking, you know, skying an absolute sitter or whatever. But um yeah, yeah, there'd just be there'd be loads of these things because it was in like a pre-YouTube era where you couldn't just type in like football fail yeah. and get like an hour <laughs> and a half of content, you know, just just by watching all of these, you know, these various, uh, you know, football fails from around the world. You had to actually like buy and own media if you wanted to watch somebody, you know, tripping over their uh, tripping over their own boot or getting hit in the nuts with a free, you know, with a free kick. Yeah. Pre-COVID, um, there used to be these things called shops that you had to go in mm, and you would yeah. purchase things called DVDs, all things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, Paddy McGuinness is a bit of a weird one because obviously, obviously he, I will forever have a place in my heart for him for Phoenix Nights. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like that, he, he sort of, that's instant Hall of Fame status, um, you know, regardless of, of what else he does in his career. Um, but he has done a lot of... He, does, he'll do, he has yeah. done a lot of crap in his career since Phoenix. Like, you know what I mean? It's sort yeah. of like... It's, it's sort of... I, I feel like it's maybe... It's sort of similar to Joe Rogan. And I think, you know, a lot of people in the 90s that were probably fans of Joe Rogan's stand-up and when he was on uh, that sitcom... Was it news radio or talk radio or whatever? Um, you know, it was just sort of like, oh man, this guy's pretty funny. And then just the subsequent sort of 20 years of him putting out more and more crap <laughs> just gets worse and worse. You're kind of like, oh man, was this, was he ever funny? Mm. But uh, <clears throat> there was a recent program where he did a rather more serious thing where he was talking about autism because his kids. Yeah, have autism, so he has that. He's probably a bit more of a mature about him now, but he does top gear. I, yeah, I, actually, to be fair, yes, I, I heard that that was very good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I know some people that, that watched that, and they they said it, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, sort of, yeah, very good, and very interesting. Because I think his, it didn't it turn out his, his wife is sort of uh, uh, diagnosed late in life with autism as well. Mm. Um, well, I I can't remember the whole program is quite a few months ago but um yeah but other than yeah, that yeah so suddenly suddenly you're yeah. washing your hands of it you don't even, you don't even care about the whole thing well, yeah yeah i do, I do. flying I, the flag for this documentary not 10 seconds I, ago I and now suddenly everything you couldn't I care saw less about it. it i just remember a lot of time he was just very upset most it was very weird seeing Perry McGuinness sort of crying well, all add, the time well add autistic people to and, the list uh, you hate sex workers uh, you hate women people won't know what you mean people. we'll have to go back into the time machine <laughs> Let everyone know what this is all about. Like, it's just some crazy they, person they on Twitter. Know what I mean, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Some the, crazy person what I mean on is Twitter. That you hate women, you hate sex workers, and you hate autistic. People. I made a joke about. I made it like I made a joke. It wasn't even a joke. It's not even. It, it, it was. It's not even worth explaining. It, 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 I just, just had some not, crazy person on Twitter calling me all sorts of slanderous things. It wasn't true. I wasn't even talking about yeah. sex workers. And somehow I made a joke somebody, about somebody. Yeah, somebody would. <laughs> Somebody with like sixty followers uh, tried um, really hard to cancel yeah, Lawrence, but they, um, like I went and looked; they don't exist on Twitter, so they they closed yeah. their account at some point. Which good, good, 
Just uh, coming at me, slandering me for making a joke about. Yeah, uh, can't say anything these days. But what with the what with the cancel culture? Oh, the, the, it wasn't even that great a tweet. It was kind of lazy on my part. I was just saying because there's a formula of a tweet. You know, you you're X, I'm Y. We're not the same. And I was just yeah. making a joke saying, "You post ass, but I am an ass who posts." We're not. I mean, it's a pretty shit. It's not my best yeah. joke. But this, no, but it's it's fine. But it, yeah, and uh, this person not, got in my grill. It was just like, how dare you shame sex workers? You misogynist. I was like, well, yeah, that, they yeah they took that. Anyone to can like, post clearly, a picture of their ass. You don't have to be a sex worker. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, in the context of the joke, you you are the punchline. Yeah, I am. As well. I am making like, fun like, of myself. It, yeah, it's not like <laughs> like the, yeah the 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 people that post ass are not the are not the pardon the pun no. the butt of the joke. Yeah. Quite literally, they're not the butt of the. Jo- I am exactly. I am. The you butt. are. <laughs> you're. You're. You're and not even punching down. You're. You're punching. Yeah. Uh, I'm punching myself. Level. Yeah. You're punching yourself. <laughs> and um, I said, and they were just like, "You're gaslighting me. You're gaslighting." That's a. Oh uh, yeah. And then they started doing all the stuff. Whatever. Mm. We find that yeah, I had to come clean after all this time. <laughs> This this has been yeah. It's been aching well, away at yeah, me. Now- I've been trying to explain myself to the few people who listen. And then, <laughs> well, now you know, listeners. They won't they won't hear my a, side of the story. Now if it's it, a fun, uh, it's a fun, a fun joke we can all get in on. Let's try and cancel Lawrence. There's a part of me that feels like uh, is this the reason why no one likes my tweets anymore on Twitter? I was just like, oh, <laughs> what because of account with like yeah, sixty followers? They all, they all saw. They all thought he's a misogynist. I'm not going to interact with him anymore. Yeah, but like everyone that saw it took your side. Yeah, like all of yeah, the replies are like, what relief. exactly are you? Yeah, it's like, what exactly are you accusing Lawrence yeah. of? Because like that's all the stuff you're accusing him of isn't in this tweet. So what? <laughs> when just, did he do all of this stuff that you're saying yeah. he did? I don't know. But then they just started doing all that, moving the goalposts, shit. Like, oh, you're gaslighting, you're gaslighting, yeah. uh, blah, blah blah. Yeah, what the fuck does that even mean? We, yeah, I've got the receipts. And it's what just receipts? Sort of like, I haven't what? DM'd anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't DM people. Yeah, yeah, like you're fucking, you know, like you're Chris D'Elia or some shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So. Uh, what was I going to recommend? Uh, um, I'll recommend music-wise. Um, I've been on my old man shit. Uh, lately. Um, really listening. Sort of, Going back and listening to uh, some some Rolling Stones, um, specifically the Mick Taylor era. I feel like as I get older, um, I'm just like I'm sort of just amazed that like Mick Taylor doesn't seem to get the credit he deserves for, and, and this might be a controversial statement. I don't know, but for clearly being the best guitarist in the Rolling Stones that that's ever ever played with them. I don't know, is that would you agree with that, Lawrence? Oh. Um- just fired, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh man. That's a Rolling Stones. I'd have to refresh my mind on Rolling Stones. Damn. Well Mick Taylor the Mick Taylor era would have been sort of between I think he was with him between sixty nine and seventy four. So that would have been like Sticky Fingers, Exile yeah. of Main Street. Oh, yeah. Um basically all of their best stuff. Like <laughs> you know, like but like, yeah, he he was just such a like such a melodic uh, player, and just a great presence in the band at that time. Um, 
yeah, I yeah, all of pretty much all of my favorite stuff of theirs at the moment. What I'm listening to um, is uh, is when he was with the band, and I think like it, yeah, he sort of like I said, yeah, he doesn't really get enough credit. I think there's sort of the, there's the mystique around Brian Jones, obviously, because he was the founder of the band, um, and from when you know their very early days when they were playing just like straight blues and R and B and that, and then he kind of lost interest in the band when they went a bit more, they started sort of experimenting with music outside of that. You know, they started playing a bit more sort of pop stuff and being a bit more kind of folk and country and stuff like that. Um, and I don't think, I, th- I think getting addicted to heroin probably didn't help either, but yeah, he, he obviously died very young, not long after he, um, excuse me, not long after he quit the band. And then now you've got, you know, you've got Keith Richards and, uh, Ron Wood, Wood yeah. you know, Ron Wood being kind of the perennial new guy, even though he's been in the band for like 50 years. Um, and Keith Richards being sort of like the the guy that sort of comes up with like good riffs, but is by all accounts quite difficult to get along with. Um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, Mick Taylor really was like the, the real deal. You can sort of hear like all of the stuff that people talk about the Rolling Stones that are sort of, that sort of influenced the next generation of rock bands and stuff uh, pretty much all came in that era where Mick Taylor was playing with them. Yeah. Um, and I think like he was, he really was like the, the best, the best player out of all of the guitarists that have ever played with, uh, with the stones. Just- so um, yeah, check out exile on main street, you know, sort of the, it's often kind of hailed as the Rolling Stones sort of, uh, flawed masterpiece i guess because it, it's a sort of it's a it's a double album it's quite scrappy in places but when it hits it's oh man ain't nothing like it it's, it's in a league all of its own so i was just looking up mick taylor briefly i was like he was in uh john mills blues breakers it's like blues breakers ev- yeah. everyone like peter green uh dare i say yeah uh, yeah, the other guy, I won't say his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, they all came from that band. Everyone was in that band at yeah. some point. It was like, I think, yeah. The, the other thing is, yeah, Mick Taylor joined that band when he was like sixteen as well. It's like, like Peter Green left to form Fleetwood Mac, yeah. and it, like he, yeah, Mick Taylor joined when he was still a teenager, and I think he only, he only joined the Rolling Stones a few years later when he was still about twenty. So it was like he was so young when he, uh, when he first started out with them. Um, but yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. There's something, something going on with that John Mayall. He had a real good eye for uh, for guitarists. Yeah, yeah. Great, great stuff. Those skull. Imagine what it'd been like to have been around in that time. Like, yeah. As a guitar player myself, just like I probably wouldn't have had much of a chance. I mean, <laughs> well, um, eh. uh, what's his name? Uh, lived in Wimborne. Uh, uh, King Crimson, keep forgetting his name. Robert Fripp, yeah. He lived oh, in, Fripp, yeah. yeah. He lived in uh, Wimborne, so anyway. Yeah. Not far, um, now I married her a, a nice lady who got big bloody knocker, she, yeah. That's what he sounds like to me. <laughs> he always sounds like a farmer. I've never heard him talk. He saw, that, yeah. Oh, when I hear his I voice. I assume that's accurate. When I hear his voice, I just hear, oh, I know he's definitely from Wimborne because he's got a Wimborne sort of... When I was in King Crimson, I know you would have played it. He sounds like he sounds like someone from Wimborne. <laughs> this week I am mostly playing Fripperonics. He was talking about I I do he's doing a sort of talk and he was getting the audience to do sort of polyrhythmic. This side go like this. 
and this so I go like this and when I <laughs> get you all to play at the same time it's- Lawrence is uh, smacking his uh, hog against his leg yeah that's not yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my, my big <laughs> this is legendary uh, legendary Wang what, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that fuck what was the other thing I was going to recommend it was like a, a film uh, or something fuck um, I don't. I can't remember if I did. I recommend uh, the Arsene Wenger documentary last time, in, Invincible. I don't that, think so. Uh, it's on Amazon, along with. I mean, obviously, the you know the All or Nothing uh, documentary series about Arsenal's on there. But um, but yeah, the Arsene Wenger doc Invincible um, is on there, and that's very good. Um, I feel like I might have recommended that before, though. I can't remember. Probably should have checked for the. Uh, before we started recording. But, um, yeah, whatever. Oh, the other thing I recommend, uh, another musical thing, um, Run the Jewels have just dropped a a remix album of their uh, their record, uh, Run the Jewels 4, which came out in, in 2020. They've done a uh, like an all-Latin-style remix album. Uh, so it's all like Latinx uh, artists and DJs and producers that have worked on it. But, uh, Run the Jewels Cuatro uh, came out at the end of last week. Um, a, a few of the songs have sort of been released as like, you know, remixes and B-sides already. And it's like, they kind of, like, they basically had the idea that like, damn, these sound really good. Uh, I'd listen to a whole album of this. And uh, evidently, a lot of people agreed with them. So yeah, they put together this uh, this remix of the entire album um, based on sort of like, you know, Latin music, different styles of, sort of you know, like Mexican uh, kind of mariachi, Cuban jazz. Um, all with kind of still within like the hip hop framework, um, but it yeah it's it's really really good. Um, it's just a really kind of inventive. Like, I mean the I, the original album is great anyway, but it really kind of uh, kind of breathes new life into it. it. It sort of goes, sort of opens up the whole record and kind of does things uh, differently. But it's still very much a Run the Jewels record. So check out uh, yeah Run the Jewels Cuatro. Um, that's uh, available wherever you get music as well as. Exile on Main Street by uh, Rolling Stones. If you can uh, listen to the Rolling Stones on vinyl, I'm going to be one. Of, like I said, really on my old man shit. Um, but yeah, if you, if you can listen to the Rolling Stones, listen to them on vinyl because that is kind of how that really is how it's meant to be heard. You really it do is. get all of the all the kind of uh, the heaviness that you know the the bass and the drums and everything just sounds so so good when you have got like a decent set of speakers and a good turntable. So uh, yeah, check out all that. Um, anything new in the Bigfoot world? Uh, no, sadly. Um, I was, there's, uh, no, not really. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. Still not found them. Still haven't found them. Yeah. Well, one of these days. Um, well, a part of me feels like, uh, what would be, the, would it be, the, be for its benefit to be discovered? I mean. Would it? Yeah, if he's gone this long. Yeah. You know, why, I would, mean, he, why would he give it up now? Native, the native uh, peoples, the tribes that live up and down the northwest coast of America, the, they know, they've had all sorts of history of stories of these things going back generations, I mean. Yeah. They've, they've known about these things for a long time. It's just us, Whitey, who doesn't want to accept their existence. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, or, I do. You know, 
we only want to accept his existence so we can like hunt him for we sport. need to shoot one to prove they're real so we can yeah. save them all <laughs> yeah we need to shoot one to study it that's the only way we yeah. can study it I don't know look yeah. at every other animal okay. that we've come into contact with we've pretty much made them all critically endangered apart from pigeons and mosquitoes and rats yep it's like, all the good ones all all the best animals that everybody loves everyone's favorites yeah well then well, it's, uh, it's going if, depressing end I'm sorry about that this is, uh, <laughs> I've been having quite a good time you know I've had my birthday it was quite fun yeah. uh, I didn't really ask for a whole lot you know just I got a new guitar pedal uh, got yeah, neat that was it really what kind, of, what else? What, what kind of pedal it's a what's, vibrato what's, what's pedal it's uh, oh cool! It gives you that nice uh, detuned, like you're underwater. It gives that. It's a yeah, it's the, a, uh, a Behringer UV three thousand. So you know it's three thousand. You know it's going to be really good. Uh, it's, it's like futuristic as fuck. It's like it's like a really good cheap pedal. Whereas Boss mm. are super expensive and super rare nowadays. But it's mm. like Behringer. They're just nice and cheap and nice and good, decent pedals. Anyway, yeah, cool. So uh, I got a new bathrobe. I got a new sort of uh, body warmer coat thing. Uh, nice new hat, like a woolly hat. Uh, yeah, and some that's, chocolate, and that's all you need, really. That's you know. Bath, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely bathrobe season. Yeah. you know, it's it's that time of year. I'm bath pilled. You know, I don't really like showers these days. I like a nice, I'm ba- nice yeah, bath. Bath pilled, uh, tap core. Yeah. Uh, Bubble, like, bubble max. Showers just don't do it for me. I just don't ever feel clean when I've had a shower. It just feels like, I still feel oily and stinky. and just doesn't really feel. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, maybe, that, I don't know. Maybe that's, uh, you got a little bit of Howard Hughes syndrome there. Maybe yeah. a little bit of OCD. Who knows? Not my place to say. I, pr- I, 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 I probably fake- am very OCD, I will admit. <laughs> I ever. Yeah. I am very, that's why. I don't, that's why I say it when, dear listeners, I did have, an encounter with a man while I was walking my dog who asked me about, um, are you autistic? And things like this. I was like, uh, I don't think, I don't think I am, but I, I didn't say this to him, but I, I do feel sometimes I am a bit sort of OCD. And, you know. Yeah. I don't know, maybe you're just weird. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I put it down to just being a, a real nutbag. I am just, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, a real kook. You know, real- there's no, there's no <laughs> diagnosis for that. Just being a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else think into Bigfoot and uh, Arsenal? And me. It's true. You're so crazy and random. I'm so random. Quirked um, up. I'm a quirked up shorty. Yeah. You're the quirked up white boy. And I'm shy. Quirked up, shy white yeah. boy. Anyway. <laughs> Low key goated with the sauce. I'm goated with Sexual style. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you've been affected by any of the issues discussed in this episode of Junior Funners, uh, please feel free to get in touch. Uh, you can email us at juniorfunners at gmail.com or you can uh, send us a tweet, slide into our DMs. We're uh, at juniorfunners on Twitter. Uh, Lawrence is on Twitter, but you know you don't need to follow yeah. him. He's got enough yeah. followers. Yeah. Uh, Although with the way me. Twitter's going, I won't be able to reach 2K very sadly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's right on the brink. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, man, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, Elon... Elon Musk. Uh, uh, before I didn't have, I didn't have a, I didn't know how I felt about Elon Musk, but now it's personal. I'm fucking. Yeah, fuck you. yeah. He came into your house. 
Fuck you, Elon You're coming Musk. to your territory. Twat. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, he's come along to uh, save comedy and free yeah, speech. Fuck. So uh, <laughs> thank God. Thank God for uh, for Elon Musk. Um, yeah, so while Twitter still exists, you can get in touch with us on there uh, or, uh, or, or, or don't. Okay, then. Bye.